Happy Comic-Con Sunday, everybody, and welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with Jennifer Ross. Hi! Oh my god, I made it first, but Lu- why do you say my last name? Louis <laughs> isn't here as of yet. And live from San Diego... What up? what up, G? What's up? G is calling in a little bit for to discuss his time at Comic-Con before he gets ready for the final day of Comic-Con. And I guess... 7.48 a.m. It's 7.48 at <laughs> San Diego time. Um, and I guess Ryan decided to join us because it's Comic-Con. Hi, Ryan. Happy Comic-Con. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's happening? What's going on? <laughs> All right. So let's just dive right, let's just dive right into it, G. How's the weekend been going? Uh, it's been going great. Um, I'm pretty exhausted and have a pretty big blister on my foot from walking around so much that means you did that means you're you having fun right if you don't have if you yeah. don't have a blister by sunday morning that means you didn't do it right yeah well yeah because you're walking everywhere you're walking like the convention center then you're walking two parties and you're walking just around the whole city because I, I don't know if you know how like san diego is kind of set up but like the convention center is pretty much right by the gas lamp district where all the bars and restaurants are and you're you go from there right across the street to like all these like offsite stuff that they have set up for Comic Con too. There's all these like uh, activations for different shows and movies that they've set up just along the streets. So you're really, you're walking everywhere. There's there, I've haven't used Uber at all really because we just walked to everything that we've gone to, which is and, good. Uh, yeah, my feet are my feet are gonna probably <laughs> me by the time I get home. You're gonna soak them in water tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna probably sleep like a baby. <laughs> Gee, what were some of the offsite things you did? I saw that you did um, like a Jack Ryan experience, right? Okay, or was that so, a panel? Uh, no, it's uh, Jack Ryan experience. Was like uh, activation that was offsite. Um, from just from looking at it, uh, and then talking to one of the guys that was running it, uh, they believe that the activation was at least a like one to two million dollar thing that they put into uh, setting up. There was like oh, it's wow. like a, they had like a VR uh, experience where you put on these glasses and you got into uh it's like harness and you basically like were walking through uh like a, like a war zone basically oh wow and, uh and then um at the end of it you got to like zip line down the thing i they wouldn't let me take video and pictures of it but um they recorded my uh vr experience that i can uh set up and put up later uh but yeah uh, so there's a it was a five hour wait for uh regular people but if you went up and flashed your press pass and said that you wanted to do a media walkthrough, they got you in like right away. Nice. That's good. Awesome. Yeah. And it was the same with like most of the actors. So we did one for Castle Rock too. Um, it was like basically like a haunted house kind of thing. But yeah, we went up. That was like a six hour wait and just walked up to the lady and like, hey, I'm with Real Talk. And can I just do a media walkthrough to kind of promote the activation and the show? And they're like, all right, let me like put you right through. I think we should now, send these suggestions to New York because we don't get these type of perks in New York when we go. No, it's very, it's run very you differently. You can't just be like, hey. It's very well, different. Well, it's funny because like uh, one of the people I met, um, he was with NBC, and he was like, hey, like some of these things, that's what you have to go up. You just go up and like be confident. Like you have your company name on your uh, pass, your press, so it, you know, it looks legit. Like it feels more legit. And if you go up there confident and just say, hey, like, I just want to do this, like, he's like, most of the time they'll get you through because, you know, they want the promotion no oh, matter yeah, what. absolutely. And it's also you're not going around with, like, 20 press people, you know, it's right. just you. No, yeah. so, like, you know, and then I have, like, I, I had my friend Morgan's here with me and I had her, uh, there's, like, a press sticker that they give you inside the badge. So I, like, slapped my press sticker below her badge and then gave her our cards. So I was like, hey, she works with us too. She's like our assistant. And so like she Yay, was able I to need one. <laughs> <laughs> So she was able to like go into all this stuff with me without any, you know, problems. Because, you know, like she had like an attendee badge. She doesn't have like or right. not a professional badge, but there's no like name or anything attached to it. There's no like logo on it. Now, have you so, watched Castle Rock or Jack Ryan yet? I know those are Amazon, right? Uh, no, Castle Rock is Hulu. Hulu, okay. Uh, I missed the panel because we were going through their activation. Um, I know they premiered the first episode. And that's Comic-Con. with Bill Skarsgård, right? Bill Skarsgård, yeah, Sissy Spacek. It's like a Stephen King Ooh. thing. It's like set in this town, and like most of the murders that are happening are basically based on different Stephen King 
like books. So oh, there's that's like interesting. So there's like they they that, during the activation they have when you go through the haunted house they like basically have like stuff from it. And then there's another case where like someone got mauled by like a rabid dog, and that's supposed to be from Cujo. Cujo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So and then like so there's a lot of elements from like all of his stories, but put into this like kind of like anthology like horror series. Yeah, and, and how it, awesome that builds on it because I mean he's got that little crossover with it, and then he's on the show. Right, and um, and it premieres on the 25th, so it's gonna be on Hulu very soon. Awesome. And, then and Jack he- Ryan's uh, August 31st. Um, they actually gave out the best swag. They gave everyone uh, all fire the press, stick, right? like free fire sticks. <laughs> That's awesome. They got them all on Amazon Prime Day. Do you have one already? <laughs> and Jack Ryan's already been renewed for season two, even though it hasn't premiered yet. And that's with uh, John Krasinski. 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 Krasinski, yeah. Yeah. I haven't had my coffee uh, this morning. We did, uh, <laughs> did uh, other ice sauce. So we did the Purge experience, which is all right. There was kinda, it kind of scared some of the people that we did it with because people were like popping out. And you had to sign a waiver before you went in. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we're allowed to grab you and touch you. <laughs> it's like when we did the It experience. When we went to the convention, I think like a year yeah. ago. They made us sign a waiver as well. You go inside a bus and it's all a VR experience. But um, there's like a scarier part in the beginning where like, you know, stuff could happen. And so you have to like. Right. And how was uh, how were the parties? I know you checked out a few of the parties. Uh, the Who did you meet? Uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes Prexminster was first. That was preview night. It was really fun. Uh, got to talk with a lot of people who were on Rotten Tomatoes, and you know they were asking if we were on it. And I told them we weren't yet, and um, they were very much pushing. Like they gave out a bunch of cards and stuff, and they were like, "You guys have to get on Rotten Tomatoes." And like, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I think they're looking into it." I, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but Will you send uh, me yeah. those contacts that you got, and then we'll contact okay, well, them. I, I got their, I got their uh, PR person too. Perfect. Oh, uh, beautiful. That's who I want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they were like, you know, they were like, yeah, like you know, make sure just get your information over because you know, they kept saying how they want like fresh young critics. So I had to like, sh- I actually showed them the site, showed them some of my stuff, showed them some of uh, David's stuff. They and they liked the look of the site, and they, um, you know, they skimmed through it quickly, but like. They seemed to like what they saw, so that that was the cool thing about that because it was like pretty much like a way to network that whole party. And if people didn't hate us before, now if we get a Rotten Tomatoes, they're gonna hate us more. <laughs> even more. <laughs> no. Uh, and then we did the Lionsgate party, which was like a big party just for they were promoting Power Rangers. They're, they're doing like a new show, and they're talking about how they're gonna they they were trying not to say that they weren't gonna reboot the movies again. They said they were getting into a new film though oh so that means i mean i think you and i can speak for all of us here we all enjoyed the new power rangers movie right the one that came out yeah, last year i, like I it. think they should have continued it especially since they teased they teased tommy at the end yeah so i thought they were going to continue that that sucks that they're yeah, going to re- well, just reboot though, because they kept trying to talk around saying rebooting it like i like they um the guy that um got us in the party he got us to talk to someone from Lionsgate. And they are very proud of the film they made. Not so proud of like they want. They thought it was going to do better. So they're kind of looking at if what they did, if all the ingredients were right, if they should change anything. So there's a lot of like talk like that about what to do with Power Rangers next. I'm just throwing this out there since there's different storylines and different types of Power Rangers. You think maybe they'll do Mighty Morphin set of movies and. Uh, Dino Force set of movies say like I'm just like I hope or not. do you think I just threw <laughs> <laughs> Ryan you're, you're you're coming in hard with some bad ideas this morning I just threw that one out there it was the first thing that popped in my head because I do too I also want to see the Tommy movie just because you know that's honestly I'm a huge Mighty Morphin fan as a kid when I was a kid as was most of us I would say yeah. all of us um but when I really got into it was when Tommy, like Tommy's my all-time favorite. Like I even re even watched the stuff he did like later on in my life when he actually did the Dino Thunder. That's why it came to my head. And like, and speaking of, but he might not only be the only one like that wants to see something. No, like I that. know. I'm just busting Ryan's balls. <laughs> uh, but speaking of JDF, uh, gee, me and you are biffles of JDF. I think mean? we're we're the only two people on this show that's met met him. Uh, I met him. Yeah. yeah. So like so the, they had these like people dressed up as Power Rangers, which were like they had legit, legit. like from the TV show costumes on, um, and they were doing this like photo op with like everyone at the party, like it was fun or whatever, and then like we were doing like this this photo thing with those Power Rangers, 
and then like he literally like those Power Rangers left, and then he kind of just walked up beside all of us and just got in pictures. So like there was like a group of us at first, and like I was at first I was like who is this guy? I didn't like notice at first, and I looked up again and I was like oh, that's fucking Tommy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <for real Tommy. laughs> and thankfully I didn't call him Tommy because like you know when you see someone from a show you like you like yeah. kind of don't use their oh yeah use their character name instead but he was like super nice and he talked to all of us he was very pretty he wasn't just there for like the photo op he like actually took time to talk to everyone that was at the party which was really cool and it seems like he fully embraces uh all things power rangers yeah he does <laughs> we uh when we when i met him last year and then we did a panel with him he pretty much talked about kind of what you just said he embraces the power ranger lineage and that's good you know how some people are like you know fuck this you know i'm 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 not a power ranger anymore or i'm not so and so anymore and they just disown it he is all about it which is great it's great to see and he's a really humble dude which is even better it seems like it and then after the lionsgate party that night we went to the fandom party which was sponsored by fox and the show the gifted so the cats of the gifted was there uh steven moyer amy acker uh jamie chung was also there. Um, they actually like were up in the DJ booth at first because Mark Ronson was like DJing the party. Okay. But then they actually got down into the party and hung out with everyone too. They weren't trying to like stay away from anybody. They were very nice. And um, uh, then also, I don't watch uh, Krypton, Krypton on uh, Sci-Fi. I think it's a Superman. That's a yeah, that's a Ryan. Sci-fi. That's a Ryan show. I only watched the first episode. All right, I haven't even gotten <laughs> to the rest. <laughs> But well, I heard lead, it gets good. Uh, the lead on the show, he was at that party too. Um, nice. Morgan, I Morgan uh, took a picture of me with him. I didn't. I didn't want to pretend like I knew who he was, but it was pointed out to me because one of the guys that we were with was like, "Oh my god, that's him!" And I was like, "Oh well, cool. I don't watch it. <laughs> I will take the photo though." <laughs> I get, uh, but, yeah, it was fun. Let's move on now to what you saw at the panels. We can start with um, Friday. Right so uh, I. I, well, I know- Go oh ahead. yeah, I, I did Predator on Thursday. Oh Thursday, so how was that? Uh, it was um, so it was interesting because, like, I, I think I told you offline. Like, I still don't know how to feel about it just and, um, yet. I agree, and I um, wasn't even there to see the footage, so this pro- this didn't the footage didn't make it any better for you. No, like so, like the cast uh, obviously on their panel, it was like Sterling K. Brown and Olivia Munn, your favorite. Um, Shane Black, the director, uh, Augusto Aguilera, Aguilera was there too, and then uh, uh, Keegan Michael Key also there, and then uh, Trevante Rhodes. So they they all have really good chemistry. You can tell that they actually enjoyed filming the movie together. They were really funny together on the panel, but the scenes they showed actually showed more of that than actual predator action. So they showed three scenes, and one was like in a hotel. Uh, where it was just basically kind of banter between the cast, and then it was good, it was funny. Um, there was another scene similar to that, and then they basically, the last action scene they showed was kind of the start-up to the scene where the kind of, like, giant Uber predator shows up that they showed in the trailer. Yeah. Um, it, it was just kind of just basic action, though. Like, it was nothing about it was, like, entirely exciting, so that's why I don't really know where I land on it just yet. And they cut together like a longer trailer, and like it's not like it looks bad. It just doesn't look like great. Like a rush to see it. Yeah, I get but it. But like, like you said too, like I like Shane Black. So that's what's keep that's what's giving me a little hope and keeping some anticipation for it because I we like we set off the line. We like Shane Black, so it's like uh, I don't think he. I don't think I haven't seen a bad movie as of his as of yet, so I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I uh, wouldn't. Sh- go ahead. Oh yeah, no. Uh, one interesting thing though, Jake. I forgot Jake Busey was also on the panel, and you know Gary Busey was in Predator too. Okay. Uh, Jake Busey said that his dad was forty-seven when he made uh, Predator Two, and Jake Busey was also forty-seven when he filmed this new one. So it oh, felt man. like a. Yeah, yeah. Nice so little parallel. He said he spent a lot of time trying to like kind of like distance himself from his dad so he can like do his own thing but like Shane Black called him and he was like hey I have this idea do you want to do it and he was like oh of course I'm going to do it but yeah he said he remembered being a kid on the set of Predator 2 and then it was just weird that he's like the same age as his dad was when he made that movie wow that's on this eerie one. there 
Um, but yeah, but yeah, it was cool. Like they had good camaraderie. I mean, if anything, that'll be cool. I mean, it's not just going to be like a bunch of like kind of like characters you don't really care about, just judging from the footage they showed. Well, that's. But, good. You know, I would think they would show more. Like they would have had more clips of, you know, the predators. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we. I think that's what we had the issue with the first trailer because they didn't really show anything, and then the second trailer right. showed a little bit more. So I think that this might be the. He. I don't think he wants to let us think that this is just a straight up action movie. I think there's going to be more to it. So I think that's why he's trying to like prepares to have more uh in people interaction and just dealing with the predators. So, but we'll right. see what happens there. And then uh, next up, we can go to Friday, and then the first thing i wanted to talk about was glass because you mentioned off the line when you first saw the trailer and we could talk about the trailer now as well as that gave you chills right because being at yeah, Hall H. Was, I, I mean like if you're like you're in that room with all those people and like it you know it, it, i mean you've been to like comic cons and stuff before or conventions and stuff like that and like just on these big screens and it's loud and the sound is good and like everyone like even during while it was on everyone was just like cheering and like it's a really good trailer I, I mean, agree. I, know, I know you've seen it now because it's online, but like it's a solid trailer. Jen, what do you think yeah. of the trailer? For which one, Glass? Glass? I thought it was good. I, I do want to watch because I saw Unbreakable in theaters, and so I haven't seen it actually probably since then. Uh, so I definitely want to rewatch it again. Um, I mean, I really liked Split. I really enjoyed Split. So did I. And James McAvoy, uh-huh. so cute. <laughs> So at their <laughs> channel, there was um, M. Night Shyamalan, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Sarah Paulson, who I actually didn't know was in it until we were we got there. I didn't either until I saw I the trailer. Either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then Anya Taylor uh, Joy, I believe that's her name. Yeah, I'm at, I'm I'm excited that she's back. Yeah, when when I first see, saw the like, trailer, what, I was like, oh shit, they're really con- yeah, they're really connecting it, everything. It's all connected. Yeah. James McAvoy couldn't be there because uh, M. Night Shyamalan said he was very sick. He wanted, he tried, he really wanted to be there, but he was really sick and couldn't make it. Uh, uh, th- that panel was really good. M. Night Shyamalan was a very good speaker and like was very honest. Like they asked him how like Glass kind of came to be and all that stuff, and he talked about Unbreakable and how like when it came out, he was really disappointed by like the mixed reaction to it, and um, he wanted to with Unbreakable to. It really promoted as a comic book movie. It was supposed to be like that from its inception. And he said that he got a call from the studio when they were marketing it, and they were like, uh, here's what you can't do in the marketing. You can't mention comic books. You can't mention superheroes. Uh, it's not going to sell well. Basically, they were going to promote... I don't know if you remember how they promoted it, but they were like trying to make it look mysterious along the yeah, lines of... Yeah, I remember this. that. And he was like, oh, that's not what it is, though. I don't want people to get upset thinking they're going to get a six cents like two and this is not what i'm trying to do but like the studio felt like you know no like at that time comic book movies were making money but they weren't what they are today yeah now. so they wanted to distance themselves from that and you know it got a mixed reaction from like critics and stuff but he said fans were always pretty like uh big on it like they really people that liked it really liked it so that's what kind of led him into doing it and then with split like he had the idea that james mcavoy character was he actually wrote a version of the unbreakable script that had that character in it and then oh, wow. realized that, that character was like too much for that movie like he was like oh it's like that's this guy has a story of like his own so he took him out of it and then wrote split and then wrote that little like thing at the end, yeah it. but then he had to get permission from disney to use the Bruce Willis character in it because they are two different studios making Split and Unbreakable and he's like and you know this doesn't happen a lot but they were willing to do it they were like hey yeah you, we won't charge a licensing fee you can just use the character in the movie and then um, when it came down to like alright now I want to do Glass can we, I fully use the character can you guys work together as two studios and they said with no problem like both studios were like we were willing to work together so you can make your movie and that's great that's good and it's it's. I think I saw the date. I, you know, we always usually shit on er, on January releases, but I think he picked a really good date because I, nothing is going to be in its way for making. Yeah, a lot and of then money. you know, split, split came out in January when it came out, yep. and and it did do it well. made a lot of money. I think it, did it make I think two seventy something. Uh, let's find out. Domestic or worldwide or something worldwide, like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it had a huge opening weekend. It was in the forties for its opening weekend. 
And it was like number one for like two weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, re- so domestic, it made 138 million. That's really good. Opening weekend really was good. 40. And then the budget would. I don't think it was that much. <laughs> what studio is doing split? I mean, uh, Glass. Uh, is that? You- uh, uh, it's uh, Universal, so that's why, that's why uh, I know we'll Split get to Halloween, but Universal. Universal, they had their panel together, so Glass and Halloween, has, uh, Blumhouse is like part of like the whole Universal thing as well. Yes. So yeah, it's Universal, and then Buena Vista, which was like, that has ties with Disney, that's why uh, he had to ask permission to use the Bruce Willis character that he created with their studio. Oh yeah, permission. because Unbreakable was Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Uh, All right, um, so... Yeah, then their panel their panel was really good and funny. Uh, Bruce Willis seemed pretty drunk. Just gonna <laughs> it, 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 the moderator was uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, who was hilarious. Like she should moderate everything. She's from Community. Uh, yeah, she was hilarious. But like she went to him for like two questions till she realized like uh, she was like Bruce. I think um I think I'm gonna just go to the other cast for the rest of the duration. Because <laughs> 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 uh, she asked him like one question about like. What did like how like did he convince you to do that scene at the end of the split? And his answer was like very like off topic. And she was like, Okay, that's not so much what I asked, but okay. <laughs> and and Samuel L. Jackson also seemed like <clears throat> he was drinking, but he was well put together. I think as always Maybe they were taking shots <clears throat> in the back. Probably and they were asking him like how he felt about his character. <clears throat> and uh he was saying, like, yeah, I like him because he's understated, he's quiet, and blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, talking about the character. And then, like, you're just waiting for it. And he was like, see, I don't always play loud and angry motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was like, oh, we're in Hall H, and there's kids in here. And we got our first MF effort, and, of course, it's from Samuel L. Jackson. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so. Wait, it, it was fun. It was a fun panel. And, like, it just, everyone, it made everyone excited for the movie. And I guess they said that, uh. They wanted the trailer attached to like they they were able to do uh, Infinity War and they were able to get attached it to like Ant Man, and he specifically said no, I want we're, we know we're going to Comic Con and I want to premiere it here. Smart, smart move, oh, cool. and, and it probably gained a lot of views the first day yeah. it released. So, right, right. all right, so I can't wait for Glass, but the movie I really can't wait for is the other movie from Universal and Blumhouse. How was Halloween? Halloween was. Great. So that one, uh, I think, uh, even though everyone, there were a lot of people in there for glass. Once that kind of had like a, we had like a five minute break in between. Yeah. And they opened the doors again, and then people were just rushing trying to find seats uh, for it. Um, so on that panel, it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, uh, David Gordon Green, who's the director, um, Malik Akkad, who is uh, the son of Mustafa. I was actually going to ask you. I did. I had no idea the Akkads were because I thought they lost the rights to the character. I didn't know that the Akkads. Yeah, were back. I guess uh, they, they talked a little bit about like how uh, they talked. Uh, one person asked a question about how like it does it feel to kind of basically still have the character. I guess they've continued to have it, and like it was his goal to kind of like carry that on because his dad's uh, passed no away, alive. So like you know he. He said he's done everything in his power to kind of keep the franchise going in a good way. And, uh, you know, that's why they're excited about this. Oh, and then Jason Blum was there as well. Was John, was John Carpenter there? No, he was not there. They talked about him a lot. Uh, he was not there. And, like, uh, David Gordon Green talked about how they, uh, they pitched the idea, Danny McBride and him, to John Carpenter. They went to his house. And, you know, they were like, we have this idea. We know you've heard a lot of ideas about what to do with Halloween, and you kind of, like, been resistant, you haven't really been involved, but, like, this is what we're hoping to do, and, like, they kind of attacked it, like, from a fanboy kind of perspective, because they are, they're huge Halloween fans, and they said after they pitch it, he, like, kind of, like, is nodding his head, and he's like, it sounds good, it sounds good, and then his phone rings, and they said that his ringtone is actually the Halloween theme, and uh, they felt like, from there, that like they felt like the universe was saying like he's gonna say yes, and then after he got off that phone call, he was like, "All right, I want to do it." And they were like, "Okay, well, we have one more thing to ask you. Would you want to do the music?" And he was like, uh, "Well, what do you want?" And they were like, "Well, if we could have a lot of the Halloween stuff mixed in with a little bit of like Christine," and they were like naming all of his movies, and he was like, "I think I can do that. I can do that." And like from there, he just became involved, and then then he, I guess he was like, "Now you have to talk to Jamie and convince her." 
So the rumors that she wasn't originally in the script is all bullshit. She was always expect, you know, she was always, always in the plan. They always her. wanted her. They always wanted her. Um, now, whether or not they were going to re- originally get her, uh, right? You know, I don't think they, there were no guarantees on that. Yeah. Um, she actually brought up uh, a story that's actually been in a print already, but she was convinced to do it uh, by Jake Gyllenhaal, who I had no idea is like her godson. Yeah, he is. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I worked with the director on that movie, Stronger. Yes. And uh, she brought up the fact that, like, you know, she's gotten contact. Someone, he contacted her about doing Halloween. And he was like, oh, he, like, that was one of the best movie experiences of my life, working with him on Stronger. You should really talk to him. And she talked a lot. This is what kind of got her to do the movie. He presented uh, a version of Lori that is, like, suffering basically from, like, PTSD like from this one night this one night kind of ruined her and like and she was able to add on her own stuff after they kind of pitched her the idea of like you know you've been living and like hiding and fear knowing this guy is going to come back that that's what made her say say yes to it but then she added her own stuff to it like she felt like this girl from the midwest got attacked that night they probably didn't know what to do about it in her situation probably like had her go to school like you know, the next week didn't really get her any help. And even though it was this one night, this one night really can shape you when you're a 17 year old girl. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so that's what she kind of took. And she actually like, like to hear her speak about it. This isn't someone that seemed like she just did a movie like this for the paycheck or just because like, she felt like she had to, she was like, I, I, everything I do has to be based in some kind of reality. And I had to, before I said yes to just, doing it for the fans or because it seems like a good thing to do it had to be real for her and like that's what made it real for her that it was this like you know this woman who kind of really went through stuff and like they talked about judy greer who wasn't there but judy greer plays her daughter Mm -hmm. and uh you know she talked about how like she has a daughter and they took the daughter away from her when she was younger because she couldn't take care of her and now her daughter has a daughter and uh she kind of just feels like this thing this you know michael meyer just coming back and like her daughter and her granddaughter you know basically think she's crazy like they don't have like any faith in the her sanity at all and then of course you know on halloween night now all the stuff that she's been saying kind of comes to be and then that's and kind of takes how were the clips that you saw so they showed Oh, I don't know. They didn't say where the scene is going to be. I'm assuming it's somewhere in the middle of the movie because he's already in this uh, yeah. the Mike Myers costume and stuff. But it's this one continuous shot that's on the streets of like Haddonfield on Halloween night. It's a crowded uh, Halloween, and uh, these two kids like kind of like in the first movie where the kids are running out to school. Yes, and they yes. Bump into it. So, the, so like that little that, shot that we see in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So that that moment happens. They bump into him. And then he's kind of walking around all these houses. It's like one continuous shot. It never cuts at all. Oh, that must have been a bit awesome. Uh, and like he's walking around, and then he goes into this house and peeks in, and then there's this lady making a sandwich, kind of like Halloween too. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes in and uh, kills this lady off screen, but you can hear it, and it's like really, it sounds brutal. Uh, and like, but he kills her off screen goes and he gets the butcher knife that she was using to make the sandwich similar to halloween too yeah walks around the streets again and he's doing this all out in the open because it's although who halloween. makes a sandwich with a butcher knife just yeah, yeah 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 butter <laughs> knife not butcher. Too. they were like they were like that was an aggressive knife to use to make a- <laughs> <laughs> um, may all our other knives were dirty <laughs> and like it's cool because like the shot continues after he leaves that house and there's these two people getting in their car, they're in their driveway, and they're, she's dressed as a nurse, and then the oh. other one is dressed as a doctor, and the shot shows him walking closer and closer to the car, and the guy's like, oh, I left my, like, uh, sunscope in the house, I want to go get it, and so you're thinking he's walking up, and he's getting closer and closer, he's going to get them, and then the shot, like, switches to another house, oh, and it's very similar to, it's similar to the shot, also in Halloween 2, where the girl is on the phone, uh, talking to her friend. Oh, and she, she he jumps out. Yeah. And then he goes into her house. Oh, actually, before he goes into her house, like, you see the shot from, like, outside, and it's just her walking around. And you have to, like, pay attention to the shot because on the right, you just see 
a bunch of shadows, so you think it's just people walking by, and then you see one large shadow walk in, like, down her walkway, and then she goes to her doorway, and you think he's gonna, like, get her from the front door, and then it doesn't happen, you're like, okay, where did he go? And then, like, she walks back to her window, and it looks like he's walked in from another entrance, he just kind of comes in behind her, and then, like, kills her, pretty brutally, actually, on screen. And uh, that's where the scene kind of cut. But it seems like this, like, like what they were trying to show is that, like, one, they wanted to, like, kind of stay with the... It was very similar to the opening scene shot from the original, where there was just... I know there's cuts in there where they tell you where they cut it, but you couldn't tell where they cut this scene at all. It was just one continuous, like, walk for, like, four minutes. So you pretty much... It's kind of like a POV shot. Yeah, and then, like, the signature music is playing through most I was, of it. I was about to ask you, was the score playing throughout? Yeah, through most of it, yeah. And I think it was, like, what made the scene scarier is that it took place, like, in public. It was, like, and there are so many kids in the scene just running around. Like, and he's able to just kind of, like, blend in because it's Halloween. And, like, uh, it was just really well done. I was in, in, impressed me enough to be more excited about it. And then they, after that, they cut... There was they showed like the trailer, but then they cut longer scenes into it. Okay. So um, there was a lot of like, uh, th- it looks like there's gonna be a lot of fun like stalk and chase scenes. They did like this scene where uh, they're like kind of going up into uh, like an attic or whatever, and like they're he's like chasing one of the girls. I guess like I think it's her granddaughter up the up. They're trying to pull her back up, and then like Lori like kicks him down, and he falls. And then he does, like, the lean-up, like, he kind of does in, like, the end of, like, Halloween 1, like, very slowly mm-hmm. leans up and, like, goes to grab the granddaughter and, like, pull her back down. And, like, they cut a lot of fun stuff together. They didn't give anything away. You can tell who lives or who dies or anything like that. But it just made um, you hyped up. Yeah, but there's a lot of, like, Laurie Strode, Michael Jackson action. They showed a lot Michael of Jackson. Them. Michael Michael <laughs> Michael Myers. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be a different movie. Um <laughs> But yeah, they. It, 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 she's not a uh, innocent little waif in this one. Which, which ex, you know, it, you kind of get that idea from the trailer. Oh man, I can't wait. That was like. But yeah, like, but but they basically said the granddaughter. She uh, wanted to mention her. Uh, I forgot the girl's actress's name. Who's funny? I wrote it in my notes, but I don't have them next to me right now. But she is closer to what Lori was like when Lori was in the first one. So you'll see a lot of like parallels between that girl and her friends so we're not gonna and, hate uh, we're not gonna hate uh the main new no, girl like no, we you're did not, you're not gonna hate her <laughs> That's um good. but the cool thing too about the panel when they opened it up for questions uh it, this was trending on twitter so i don't know if you saw it or not but this guy got up and asked her asked jamie lee curtis question and said that like basically like halloween saved his life he he was a victim of like a home invasion and what kind of got him through it was he kind of thought, like, okay, what would Laurie Strode do? And, like, at first this was, it sounds like a funny story, mm-hmm. but he starts crying and talked about how, like, he saved his family's life because he, that was the first thought. Like, he thought about, like, how he would protect himself based on what he watched in this movie. And he got Aww. super emotional about it. She actually got off stage and it stopped the panel for a bit and she hugged him. He, like, cried in her arms. Oh, that's and, really yeah. powerful. And, and then when she got back on stage, she was like, see, this is why I do it. It's not, it's all fun. It's scary. And it's, you know, you know, we like doing that for that. But like people make a real connection to these movies. And she was like, I, I see that more in horror movies, more than any movie, other types of movies that I've done where people connect with the themes and the characters just much deeper than some other movies for some people. And she was like, and that's why I do it. And she said again, like, she said, Laurie Strode in Halloween is still the best role she's had. And, like, she's like, I know I've done a lot of stuff. But, like, she said, when I die and, like, you know, I'll be proud to be remembered for Laurie being Strode. Laurie Strode in Halloween. And it sounded genuine. It didn't sound like she was, like, trying to, like, kiss fans' ass about, like, with an answer like that. She, like, you know, she was given an opportunity, she said, when she was 19 years old. And she kind of felt it then that it was a different part and but she said over time she realized how important that role was for her and then just for other people who kind of looked up to it that's what she liked about it awesome i mean i i you just hyped me up even more than i was so (laughs) people went crazy for 
that people went crazy after the scene. They went crazy after the like kind of extended like sizzle reel they did. Um, I think it's going to do really well. I mean, hopefully, like you know, Jason Blum said that like you know he wouldn't have uh, gone after it if a good idea hadn't been presented to him. Like it, they came to him. He wasn't like saying like I want to do Halloween. Like they came to him and they, he was like, "This sounds great," and you have all the things you need to make it great. You have like the original director's involvement as a producer doing the music, got the original star back, and you guys seem to care about trying to make it scary again, and that's what they intended to do. And one person did ask, like, because David Gordon Green is more of a comedic writer and director, and Danny McBride is also, you know, a comedian. Yeah. And they were like, "Are you please?" They were like, "Oh, I hope you're not. Like, you guys are really funny, but I hope you're not trying to make it goofy." And they said that it's 100% straight. He was like, there are characters that are funny, but they made it a point to play things 100% straight and not campy at all. Which is great. I can't wait. Um, For the next panel, Lou decided to join us today. What up, Lou? What's happening, Lou? Got a full house, I see. (laughs) Word. All right. uh, Do you want to talk about any other panels before we get into the couple of trailers that released outside of glass yeah um i'll talk briefly about uh uh bumblebee uh had a really good surprisingly good panel they showed the trailer again which i hadn't seen the trailer uh, on the big screen yet i've watched it online yeah. trailer plays really well on a big screen uh it it looks that movie looks a lot better like it looks better than it probably should um i had no idea that guy who directed it directed like Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strings and like and Paranorman. Paranorman, Paranorman yeah. And those yeah, are I all. Have no I haven't seen any of those, but they're all really. They're, like they have a lot of great reviews. So actually, no, yeah. I've seen Paranorman. Isn't that when I've he he has like um he's like a scientist and yeah, then he he has like that cool dog yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's a cute movie. I haven't seen it. So. Oh, it's really uh, fun. So uh, it was uh, the director uh, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, John Cena. One of the other actors who plays her friend. And so, like, you're waiting for John Cena, right? So, John Cena's not there. And you're like, okay, maybe you can make it. So, halfway through the panel, like, Haley Seinfeld and stuff, she was funny and, like, you know, very likable. The director was very thoughtful, talking about how they... So, there were, like, a lot of snide comments about Transformers. And he tried... The director tried to, like, whenever the moderator would kind of be like, oh, like, is it just going to be, like, an orgy of violence? Like, you know, like, you know, because Michael Bay is not subtle. Are you going to be subtle? Uh, the director tried to be very polite about not bashing the other movies. He was trying to say that they created, like, the perfect, like, template for him to work off of, and then, like, but he wanted to scale it back and make it more of a human story between this girl and, Bumblebee. you know, Bumblebee. And have it not... He's like, there's plenty of action, of course, but, like, he wanted it to be more of a human story rather than just robots fighting each other for two hours. And so we're going... It's getting, it's getting all serious, and then, I guess... Uh, out of nowhere, they started playing John Cena's like wrestling music. music. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He actually walked down the middle of the aisle, like past everyone, oh, and yeah. ran on stage. He does that. And from there, the panel got really good because I had no idea that John Cena was as likable as he was. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's yes. funny. And from there on, he just owned the whole panel. Like, everyone just kept asking him questions. Anyone that had a question in the audience, they all went to John Cena. It was like they forgot everyone else was on stage. I hope they kept it yeah. movie-based. You didn't get any wrestling questions, I hope. No, no. Okay. Uh, the title, John? <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they, there were no wrestling. They were all pretty much movie-based. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. Um, he is the villain of the movie. He's not like a typical villain. I told you that. I told David when we saw the trailer in the theater, I was like, I think he's a douchebag. And yeah, then, I was like, because like, I was like, is he going to be her dad or something? I didn't know who he was going to be. I thought he would be that first, but at first, like when he was first announced, I thought there would be something there. But then we saw the trailer and I was like, he's going to be that asshole. First yeah. time John Cena's played oh. a bad guy in 16 yeah. years. So, uh, <laughs> the scene they showed kind of sets up, like, it, it, it happens earlier in the movie. It's like John Cena and like military are trying to get Bumblebee. And then these two other. Lots come in, and they're voiced by Justin Thoreau and Angela Bassett. Oh, they're, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was random. Everyone, when they said that, everyone in the audience was like, what? <laughs> yeah, those are like two random, random people <laughs> together. That's um, so they funny. Attack, they attack Bumblebee and, like, uh, almost kill him. And then, like, Aww. he transfers his, like, uh, he his, his he's about to go into critical failure. And the last <gasps> thing he sees is, like, this little, like, VW, like, 
bug, and then and then the scene goes to black, and you can tell, and they show the the extended trailer where mm. she finds the car and like uh, realizes what's going on, and uh, those when they realize that Bumblebee's back, John Cena's character, I guess the two bots actually try to broker a deal between John Cena's character to get Bumblebee. Interesting. Back. Um, so like he is the bad guy, but they kept trying. They made it a point to say it, but there's a gray area with him that he's not entirely just like, you know, mustache twirling evil. Person. You know, you know what I got from your premise from what you said. It looks like this movie actually has a story. Yeah, that's what, and uh, that's what I gathered from like even just like the trailer, like the it's in the trailer they cut. Even though there was a lot of action in it, there was. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of character building for everyone in it, from her that's to cool. her relationship with her best friend. Uh, you know, even for John Cena too, it seems like there's a lot more going on in it nice. than I thought it would be, which kind of made me more excited to see it because I was not. I mean, I know we were surprised that we liked the trailer when we first saw it, but it 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 looks like it's gonna be good. Good, good. All righty, so let's move on to before we let G go. Let's move on to yesterday, which was full of trailers, and that's why Ryan's here. Uh. So I guess we can start off with the non-comic book one. We can start off with the Fantastic Beast trailer. Uh, did everyone see it? Yep. Yes. So I'm a yes, big Har- I'm a big Harry Potter fan. So Niffler. I am all in. It looks so good. It, it looks does really look good. very entertaining. My little thief. I like, I like the plot too, so I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, when I saw I I saw it before Jen, and she really likes that little. The little Niffler, Niffler thief. So I had to make sure <laughs> that I let her know he's that he's the one a- that steals all the coins and stuff. He basically steals everything. And then for Harry Potter fans, there's a deep cut at the end with the character oh, Nicholas yeah. Flamel. So he's mentioned a lot in the original French uh, story. So that should be fun. The next one was the Godzilla trailer. Any? Uh, that surprised everyone here. It looks like it's going. I thought it was just going to be like because I. I like the first one, but since Garrett Edwards is not directing, I was like, oh, I wonder where what direction they're going to go. Because I like that the first one wasn't just a straight-up monster movie. It had a lot yep. of depth to it. Yep. And it looks like this one does, too. And the monsters look great when you do see them on screen. Yeah, yeah um, kind of like around Comic-Con, that trailer was kind of viewed as, like, uh, the most surprising of the ones that premiered. Like, they were really surprised by how good it looked. And Millie Bobby Brown looks great. Yeah. Yeah, she, she looks, looks really good. Um, she does look like a yeah, loving. I, feel like I think. <laughs> well, I think she, she was filming at the same time. Because her okay. hair was like growing out. No, but even like her clothes and everything. Um, the next. <laughs> Jen's like, I'm gonna be too distracted. <laughs> <laughs> the next trailer is. Should we do Shazam first? Yeah, go. Sure. Let's do Shazam. Yeah. So, all right, I don't read Shazam. The movie looks really, really fun. It. Mm-hmm. It just looks that, ridiculous. That... I mean, I guess that's what's the point. Yeah, but, but the see, costume. The costume looks ridiculous, man. Like it, I, like, it does, does. It looks like it does in like all the images I've seen of it from like the comics and stuff. So I had to I, ask. I had to ask my buddy uh, Alex. I mentioned him on the show who owns owns a comic shop. I'm like, does he really look like this? Because like this costume is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty true to the comics. But I think they cast oh, yeah. like a good person for it because I don't know. I just every time I see Zachary, uh, you say Levy, right? Levy. Yeah. So every time I see him, I always think of Chuck because I just oh, really, yeah. I really liked Chuck, Joe. and I feel like he's sort of playing this a similar character in it, where like at least with the comedy and like the, you know, like kookiness, I guess, to it. But I feel like that's what you need because he's, you know, he's technically it's like a big. It's like the movie Big. Yeah, he's, true. you know, yeah, a kid, true. but in an adult superhero's body. And he's like, what is this? What's going on? And so I think he, he gets to play off of the comedy while he gets to be like with his, you know, foster brother, best it, friend. It right looks now like DC's movie. Ant-Man. So, yeah. yeah. Like that's, a, a good, that's a good comparison. Like a straight Although, up comedy. Yeah. Going back to your suit comment, to me, like, it looks true to the comics, but to me, I also get the vibe, like, the costumes that you get at, like, Party City with the puff chest, like, that's what it looked like. Yeah, that's actually, that's a good, that's a good comparison. <laughs> um, and then speaking of DC, before we move on to the last trailer for DC, um, the DCEU is no more, announced yesterday by Warners. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It died, big, Lou. Big, that was big, big news here. It died a long time ago. It, it, officially it did, but it's officially dead now. I think it's officially dead, which made some of the nerd, some of the nerds here are not happy about it. I think because Je- I, I don't know, maybe it's just me assuming. I think because Jeff Johns has full control now, they wanted 
get that stench of the DCU away yeah. from his movies. And if you look at it, yeah, they mentioned Superman. Wait, didn't he lose control? Because he's not in charge of it anymore. He's not in no the comic. He's not in charge. He's he's not in charge of the movies. No, no, no. He's not in charge of the uh, the line. He was president of of uh, the actual like, comics. Yeah, like, like, yeah. He's like not that anymore. Jim, I know. Jim, Jim Lee took over. Right, that's what I'm saying. So he's no. full, fully, fully focusing on the movies now. Oh, okay. Jim Lee. That news, no, no, no. That Jeff Johns. Oh. Uh, that Jim Lee's running. But Jeff like Johns wasn't really doing weekend. much with the movies. He wasn't before, like, but they oh. wanted him to. He had. He was involved with Wonder Woman, and you see how Wonder Woman turned out. Right. But he wasn't involved with anything Snyder was doing. Oh. So that's why he is now fully involved with the films. So he's going to fix them? looks like it i think i think it seems like they're just not going to try to create like a an <laughs> universe they're not going to do what marvel's doing what did is, they call if, it, if it's a good time to do it it's a good time to do it now before you get too deep trying to like make it a huge universe you can actually like stop what you're doing it's good and and then the-, the new dc i guess the new universe is going to be called the worlds of dc so yeah. it it looks like which everything's. I love that. Which I don't know if you guys get the same vibe, but I think everything's just going to be standalones, and yet it, you can still connect it in eventually yeah. if you want. But I think it's all going to be the standalones. Crisis on Infinite Earth. Even Wikipedia updated its page, and it's the world. Oh, really? <laughs> it's the worlds of DC. W O D C. We have to use a new acronym, previously known unofficially as the DC Extended Universe. The world of DC. Yeah, world worlds of DC. of DC. Jesus Christ. So it's terrible. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it works. I mean, what, would, what would you name it? I don't know, but I want to name it Worlds of DC. Worlds. Yeah, Worlds of DC. Yeah. I mean, I think and it, it works enough because they are different worlds, but they're and especially somewhat. since they're doing their dark kind of their dark universe with the Joker movie that's coming out next year. So they want to differentiate both. But uh, the last DC trailer is uh, Aquaman, which I was really, really surprised how much I enjoyed that trailer. But then I realized James Wan is directing, and we should have had a little bit more faith in James Wan. Yeah. It was weird, though, because the trailer, like, there was hype here, but, like, I felt people were talking about more the other trailers more. At least down here. Um, but I thought it was a good trailer, too. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a good trailer. It doesn't look... Black Manta look looks good. sick. I love his look. Yeah. I was I was telling Jen that was Black Manta. It looks really, really sick. Um, I This is a character that I actually like that they have an origin, origin story because I really don't read Aquaman. Uh-huh. I, I just feel bad for Vinny Chase. I don't think they're gonna. Have, I don't no. think they're gonna be a full origin story. Though. I think they're gonna be just a little bit, kind of like Wonder Woman. Yeah. You had like twenty five minutes of an origin, and then you're on from there. In, you're yeah. just like in the story, yeah. Yeah, so it sh- looks I think good. It's just to develop that he has to like come back, and he should be like. Is this a, a is this a prequel to Justice I League? Think so, so this that's takes what place. This six, it looks like this no, takes place after Justice when he went down to the. Water. He was already king. No, they, 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 he was still an, an outcast. So you want to know? Sure. Following the events of Justice League. Oh, interesting. Arthur Good. Curry, the reluctant <laughs> ruler of the underwater Holy kingdom of Atlantis, <laughs> is caught in a battle between surface dwellers that threaten his oceans and his own people who are ready to lash out and invade the surface. Is that it? Thank you. That's it. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. You should do like those if if movie phone the the if movie phone was still around, you could be that you voice. Know, I wouldn't mind that job because I don't think I have a terrible radio. And all you have to do is just say movie times. Just saying. I mean, my outro on our episodes is pretty decent, and it only took me like 20 tries. There you go. So. Can I give the female version of the inner world where. Um, That guy is In a world where women run everything and men are nowhere to be found. (laughs) Well, you can't have more women without men. Think about that. Before you guys let me go, I yep. want to, and I forgot to mention the Venom panel, which was also very good. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, and you got like a cool mask, right? Yeah, they gave you you're a like, cool mask. You're like, we are Venom. Yeah. Um, the the scene they showed is good. I mean, I have a lot more faith in it now because I didn't know how to feel about that movie either. Um, but it, they also seem like very dedicated, particularly Tom Hardy, who talked a lot. Tom Hardy had to. There were three moments where he almost gave like big things away, and the director just shot him a look like you can't say that. How cute <laughs> like, is he? Does he have a very heavy accent? He just very—I forgot that he had an accent, and he was just—he would talk on and on and on just about the character. Like he seems to care a lot about it. And uh, Michelle Williams was not there, but they did talk a lot about her. 
Um, he, I guess he almost gave away a spoiler about her because they were trying to figure. They were like, "Oh, so what did she do in the movie exactly?" And they were talking about how good she was. And then like he goes in and he's like, "Well, she's particularly good when." And then like the director is like, "Ah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's currently like, so, she's currently checked in um to a facility right now. She's being treated for a depression. Oh, uh, at the moment. Damn. Um. But she'll yeah, be but fine. Like, she's getting help, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, she'll but, be fine, guys. Um, she'll be back. <laughs> yeah, she just, Jen just talked to her last night. You just needed, like, a quick reset. Thanks for the update, Yeah, yeah, sometimes, too. But it was interesting because, like, they don't show a lot. Even in the extended trailer they cut and the scene they scenes they showed, they don't show a lot of her. So I don't even, like, I didn't even know until they said that she's his ex-girlfriend on, on the panel, like, who she was or who she was playing. But um, apparently she does a lot more than what is shown in it. And I guess the director, he... Knew her because he was a PA on Dawson's Creek. That's how he got his. <sighs> that's how he got his start. Look and uh, he said, uh, he said he did not talk to her back then because he was a PA and like PAs don't really talk to the actors much. PAs are peons. Yeah, wow. but uh, you are did, on a when they started, today. Yeah, <laughs> when they started working together on this, he brought it up. Oh, and then they did because that director also directed Zombieland that got brought up too as well. Oh, wait, Zombieland oh, yeah. Two is coming, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So, uh, a person in the room, he was like, I know we're here for Venom, and I'm really excited, but, like, uh, I heard, like, is this really happening? He's like, yeah, it's happening. We're, everyone's coming back, um, and the goal is to get it released uh, next year, basically almost 10 years to, like, the weekend that uh, the original opened. Nice. Wow, yeah. 10 years already? Jesus yeah, Christ. I think it was 2009, 2010. Wow. So, yeah, so, like, uh, he, there, everyone was very excited about that, and he was like, and he was like, it was very easy to get everyone to come back. He didn't really have to. He said he basically shot like a group text, and they all were like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all right. So before I let you go, I do want to. I, I do want to ask you one thing because I know it really wasn't a panel or anything. But um, while you were over there, the news broke that your beloved Buffy is getting rebooted. Oh, gee. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I think there was a lot of frowns. How do you feel about this? So I was telling uh, I was telling David I was like oh well you know like the Slayer can always be reincarnated so I was like if they're going with a black lead that totally works but then he's like no they're supposed to be like it's the show's called Buffy, Buffy the Summer. Vampire Slayer so then I'm like oh well would it you know yeah I, I don't, don't think, know how it's gonna work so on the, the one hand, on the one hand it's cool that Joss Whedon is involved but he's involved only as like a producer I don't even know how like he's if he's writing or what he what uh, the this lady i don't have her name up but she uh show runs midnight texas which also had a panel here that was pretty popular i i don't watch that show but there they had a lot of fans here um she's the one that's really writing it and uh i don't know a lot of people right here were disappointed because they think the show like myself is perfect as is doesn't yes. get rebooted um but i always had the feeling that it was gonna happen because everything else is getting rebooted. That's and, way too soon. And then I jokingly said, because I didn't know this at the time, I jokingly said, I was like, oh, they're probably going to make it all diverse. And then they said, like, the black lead thing. And I was like, well, I feel like they're just making it a thing. Like, it's not, like, being done because, like, that's how it should be done. It's just, like, it, they're, I feel like they just do this now for, like, buzz, because you have to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. Like, let's do Charm. Let's do Charm with, like, three Hispanic actresses. Let's do Roswell again, but with a more, like, you know, Hispanic Wait. twist. There's another Roswell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The CW it's mid season. There, it's <gasps> coming. Uh, Party of Five is actually in the process of getting rebooted <laughs> with an all with an all Hispanic cast. Like supposed to have like a, a immigration twist is what they said. Oh, no. so, like, Atlanta. so like all these things are getting redone. And I'm not. I don't have like I'm all for diversity, of course, but like it just seems like it's just it's forced. forced. Like just to like, yeah, have to do it, like you know, like I want to be more hyped. Like there, there's, I guess, like on Supergirl, they're they're gonna have their first transgender like superhero on the upcoming season, oh. which is which mm. is good news. But like all this news gets lumped into like, I feel like they just feel like they have to do it just to get the buzz of like, oh, we're the first to do this, or we're the first to try to be more diverse with our character. We're gonna have like a black lead on this. Like it doesn't feel like it's. I don't, yeah, don't announce it, just do it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's being done for creative reasons. It feels like it's just being done just because, well, like if we do it, we'll get a lot of like good headlines from it. Yeah. So those yeah. trailers also dropped for the Flash, Supergirl, um, 
what else is it legends right legends legends oh, yeah. so we'll, we'll put those up on the site but yeah, those we'll dropped those yesterday um before, gee before you go one last thing uh we met, we failed to talk about it this james gunn thing how did it how was oh. it re- how was it taken so over there he was supposed to be here yesterday or not yesterday was wow. it friday whenever, whenever it happened the the day that it happened he was scheduled in hall h at 6 15 because they were doing like this like 10 years of marvel thing and then uh, there was also supposed to be a surprise signing with some. They actually really disappointed a lot of people because they were like, "Ooh, they were like several of the stars of Infinity War will be here for a surprise like gathering," and it was only Paul Bettany and the chick that plays Mantis. Um, oh. So people were like, "This one guy, I can hear him in the corner. He was like, it's just Vision.' He's like, let 'Let's go. Let's just go to another booth.' <laughs> uh, he's very upset. But yeah, he was supposed to be here, and I'm assuming that it that news happened. He was probably there. And then, because things were just quickly canceled. Like, it was, like, quickly, like, okay, this is the last thing we're doing. And, like, everyone, you know, carry on with the rest of Comic-Con. And then, like, everyone had their phones out. And, of course, like, if you have, like, Variety or Hollywood Reporter, it, like, hit your phone right away that he got fired. Um, But a lot of people here don't think he should have been. I am with you. I am Um, with you. I had to, like, deep research when these tweets happened. And I had no idea they were back in, like... 2008 to 2011. Like, don't so, get me like, wrong. What he said was absolutely wrong. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. horrible. But at the same time, the guy, he fixed himself. He's making himself a better person. And then the people that are... Okay. The people that are... Hold on. Let me finish. All right. So the people that are going after him have had, over the last, like, couple of hours, people have tweet have, like, released images of tweets that these people that are getting on James Gunn have said that are even more hateful. Yeah, I think we all got tweets back in the day. You know, we all, dude, we're not not perfect. And the guy's fixing himself. And I think it was more in a sarcastic asshole type of thing. Yeah, he wasn't trying. I don't think he was trying. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he wants little kids to touch him or anything like that. He wasn't trying to, like. I don't know. I think you just, like, if you don't share any. I understand if you're a comedian and you're trying to go for a joke and you're like risque like that and like whatever, fine. But like he wasn't really known for that kind of thing anyway. And so like to be tweeting that stuff, you should know that your footprint, no matter what you put out on the Internet, will always stay there for years and years to come. And things can be dug up and fine. He may not be that person now, but you don't know how much he also carries intrinsically that he's not showing out to the world and how later on it could come out that he could be a pedophile or he could be something and but i'm not that's saying just he assumptions is, but we don't, uh, yeah but yeah. we don't know him that's what i'm saying like we also don't know him so from a but you know his work why separate the sorry to cut you off but if you know his work and you know he's doing at least at least let him finish the trilogy at the very least well okay but look at that... this kevin spacey is a great actor you can't take away his acting but he but words did are different than actions. but he, all right but here's here's my thing kevin spacey had no tweets or anything like that no, and look at the type of, and hold on let me finish and look at the type of person he turned out to be look at these tweets are awful but at the same time you haven't seen any acts or i've heard of any acts of james gunn no, that actually do something yet. like that, and it's not to say. But that doesn't he mean doesn't mean that it's coming though. That's I understand that, but I think from a a business standpoint, Disney is a family company, and I think they did what they have to do because, in all honesty, in any company that you work for, if you were to post anything hateful or racist on your social media, whether it belongs to that company or not, or it's on their company like name or something, and they find that you could get fired. If you work in higher ed and you're a professor that's preaching some radical ideas or you're racist or you're, you know, talking against like terrorists and you're saying, you know, um, you're defaming or doing anything like you could get fired for that. Granted, if you have tenure, there's a lot of other things and then they're all different fields, but I'm on the side that I, you know, I, I love his work and I think it's great and it really sucks that it had to come down to this. But at the same time, like, and I get it, you're younger and you say stupid shit, but you should always, no matter what, remember, like when you're on social media, that goes out into the world and there's always a footprint and you got to be wise and remember that, like, it could always come back to bite you. I mean, think about it, like 
when you were in college, if you were like at a party and maybe you didn't have a drink in your hand, but you had cups all around you and then you have to block those photos when you're going out to look for a job for your first job. Right. Like mm -hmm. they tell you always like in career services, like make sure you don't have any of those photos or whatever. But something could surface and that could cost you something else or an opportunity. So it's the same thing. You got to watch what you put out there. So, yeah, I mean, the, I think the general thing here for a, like the agreement that we've all kind of connected to with the group I'm hanging out with. Uh, if this would have happened five years ago, I don't think he would have been fired. And the current climate, they right. did what they had to do based on everything else that's going on. Didn't I read that somewhere that he, someone tried to bring it up years ago and, and it he kinda, and he apologized for it years ago and it just went away and it just went away. But then people started bringing it back. I think like a few weeks ago, and then it became what it became, and he got fired. Well, so like he's very insane. like outspoken, like politically. He has a lot of political. He he's very outspoken. So a lot of people are saying like a lot of people from the right dug up these tweets to kind ah, of knock him down, okay. to like knock him down a few pegs, and they did because he got fired. Now there is already a petition that's been signed by thousands of people that's, already. Yeah, these petitions never go anywhere. So they never go anywhere. Yeah. I like, but then like I guess Dave, what's his name? I, I was actually I was actually going to bring that up. So Batista's the only one that's commented thus he better far. Watch his back. And he said, "I will have more to say for uh, more to say, but for right now, all I will say is that James Gunn is one of the most loving, caring, good-natured people I have ever met. He's gentle and kind, and cares deeply for people and animals. He's made mistakes. We all have. I'm not okay with what's with what's happening and, to him. And my thought after I read that, my first first thought was. You better be careful because you might get fired too. <laughs> because you're speaking out against the company that's paying. You might not be brought back. <laughs> Disney might swiftly fire you and switch you out with another wrestler because trying to in all, in all honesty, they own the so rights you know to that doing. character. They own the rights to his image. When he signs that contract, so who's to say that they can't CGI him in the next film? And not use him as much. Don't say that. Not no, that, it's true, though. Blasphemous. I can't see anyone else's dress. It's true. You got to watch your back nowadays. You I mean, you think you're safe, but you're not. So, like, the the main actors, like Chris Pratt, is always all down, and they haven't said anything. So, yeah, I would say if yeah, Chris Pratt would be one it, of the – if Chris Pratt would have said something, then it would have opened the floodgates even more. I don't think I don't think he's going to say anything, at least for a while. He doesn't comment on things like this, I think. So. Um, he hasn't and been known to deeply, do that. I kind of wonder – I do kind of want to know what he feels about it because he's, like, a deeply religious dude and, like, uh, you know, but probably is all about forgiveness and all that, too. So, like – you know, the guy apologized for it. It happened a long... I seriously thought these tweets were from, like, a year or two ago. And when I read that they were, like, that long ago, it made me feel differently about it. I think they were in poor taste, but I don't think they should have fired him. Yeah, I'm, just, I am 100% with you. I yeah. think... And, like, now... And they're, like, they're, like... I, I don't know how far they were in the prep on the third movie. I know they are about to get into it. But now they have to find someone else The to, script has to be rewritten. It it's a, it's a, has to be a brand new script. He wrote he the script is done and Gunn wrote the whole script himself. So I don't I think this movie that was supposed to drop in what 2020 2021 get pushed back. it's gonna get pushed back a few years. Yeah, so. if it's made. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was my thought too. I mean, like because they could choose not to make it if they haven't really invested much money into it. Yeah, and look, when it comes down to it, Disney ain't gonna lose money. They know their business no matter what. And, like, in all honesty, if they don't put the movie out, it doesn't mean they're not putting out something else that we're all not going to go see. Like, we are. So they're not losing anything by firing him. I just think it shouldn't have been done. It's I don't shitty, think it should have been fired. But, you know, like, at the time, he should have thought, like, he... When you be... Here's um, the thing, though. When you're famous, you are on a larger platform. He wasn't famous back then like that, though. I know, but if you're on the climb to become famous and you're on that path and you work in media and entertainment and things, you have to assume here's that my, here's you will my, eventually. Here's my counter. And I think with social media, it's different. Okay, when this you're has to a do, younger actor. This has to do with social media. So there's a baseball player. I, for, I forgot his name that recently had tweets from about 10 years ago come out. Oh, this guy, right? Yeah, the baseball player from the Milwaukee Brewers. I, for, I forget his name right now. He wasn't fired. He no. wasn't released. He was sent to sensitive, sensitivity, sensitivity training. training. As bullshit as that may be, I think maybe Gunn should have been punished for it. But the firing, I think, was extreme. When athletes do this all the time and old tweets are found and they don't get released from their contract, they just get sent to... Right, and they and also beat women and, and also don't get oh, released. come on, Jen. We're not talking about that. 
No, but I'm but we're saying not talk- it's the same thing. But we're not, you're, you're, it's not the same thing. Tweeting is one thing. You're beating you're someone doing, is another thing. Yes, but you're doing something heinous. You're doing something that's not the norm. You're not doing something good, right? When you're tweeting something hateful or you're tweeting whatever, the sentiment still remains. When you act out and you beat someone or you hurt someone or you do something, you can hurt with your words and you can hurt physically. No? Am I wrong in that? Everyone's no, I don't think I don't think we're all going to agree with you all on right, this one. That you don't have to agree, but that's the point: is that I have the right to my opinion the same way okay. you have the right to yours. I have a question. Do you? Because th- I remember listening to an episode of Fat Man on Batman. They had the writer for Infinity War, and they would all get together. A lot of the directors would get together, like, "Oh, we're going with this scene. How should I do this?" Like, and he went. They went to James Gunn for a couple of things. Do you think maybe now they don't do that? Like, or do I mean? I'm sure they still have each other's numbers. Like. I think if so they say, do, it would definitely be off unofficial. the books. Yeah, yeah, unofficial, of course. Like, but do off you think- the books and, like, whatnot. Of uh, course. You know, here's the thing, though. You don't know. I mean, Disney fired him off of this project, but you don't know. Maybe they're going to let him keep his, if they decide to go forward with the project, they could let him keep the, they might use a script. If they own the rights to the script, like, if they sold, mm-hmm. you know, he sold it to them and they they bought it they might still keep the script and still give him credit but it's the fact that like he's not directing it so his hand won't be in it as much well he hasn't which will take away from the quality of everything he has he has an ep credit on infinity war yeah too and he they have they have already taken out uh from wikipedia gardens of the galaxy uh volume three so we should (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Wikipedia is on. People, people are moving with the swiftness that Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they do actually. They move like really quick. Like I always go to look, and I'm like, how is this on here already? Like, who has time to be sitting at like their computer like this? Like, just so, be like, somebody in the world okay. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's let G go. So anyway, so yeah. uh, G, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have given us a lot of insightful this is our information very special san diego comic-con episode yes uh you have fun what, what's on the deck for today riverdale and what else <gasps> riverdale, riverdale. And uh riverdale and legion it was funny that on my facebook memories uh from a year ago it was the pictures from the riverdale panel that popped up awesome. oh, so, so have so, fun yeah, uh, we're doing that in legion and then i am going, going to home jet. <laughs> <laughs> all right so have fun g thanks again for covering the con for the site uh, no problem. And I'll have pieces and stuff up on uh, just on, the whole experience itself and then on each uh, panel that I saw. Awesome. So it'll be more in-depth. All right. Watch so out look out for this is the first episode of this week. We have another special episode on the way as well. Uh, so for this first episode of Rare Chronicles, see you later, kids. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.